Ladies and gentlemen, hello again. Welcome to Sex and Violence, your weekly punk rock movie podcast. Gabriel here, and we're back with another episode of My Grody Valentine. Told you we'd be back. Once again, we have a beloved guest come on by and tell us the tale of one of their favorite grody-ass, sexy, and violent movies. This week, we have a returning guest from earlier in the month. We have Phil Laporta, who was on the Old Boy episode, that episode, Joy of Joys. So please, I mean, I, I don't if you're driving because you have your hands, but if not, a big round of applause to the return of My Grody Valentine and its star, Mr. Philip, oh, sorry, Dr. Philip Laporta. So I was in my uh, later 20s when I first found this movie. I was uh, 27 or so. And it was actually brought to me by a, not a co-worker, but a co-referee. You see, I used to referee for women's flat track roller derby. I used to be a referee for the Lehigh Valley Roller Girls. He took the bomb. And one of my fellow referees, who went by the name of Buster Coxix, came in one day talking about this movie. And he had said to me, Oh man, you've got to you've got to see this movie. It's a rock opera. It's fant- it's a horror movie. It's awesome. And I'm I'm like this sounds so strange. But at the time, I was in grad school. I was almost finished with grad school, but what was really important was I had met my wife, my then to be wife at some point, and I started to realize that hanging out with her, who was a theater person, and starting to hang out with more artistic types, the fact that I was a physicist, but still oddly enough a magician, I had this whole other side to me that was more artistic, less mainstream, and I was learning, I was like, wait a minute, I'm not just this one-sided physicist, professor, erudite, academic type. I'm like, I've got this weird side and 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 I was starting to like these less mainstream things I was starting to finally seek out all of these weird things and so my buddy came with this movie and I was like all right we'll take a look at it and and Caroline and I watched it and we immediately fell in love with it I mean it was everything you wanted from a B horror movie to the ridiculous gore to the overwrought characters to the stylization everything you wanted to be horror movie and it was really awesome from a music standpoint. Like it was this this wonderful rock and, and, and sort of op, rock opera. I feel like an idiot for saying it that way, but I mean, it, had, it was just this melodic rock music and, and it's, you know, not sing particularly well, except of course by Sarah Brightman, who's in the damn thing. And ever since it's actually been on Caroline and I's, uh, my wife and I, we will watch it uh, fairly regularly, but it's definitely become part of our traditional Halloween month rotation of we've got to watch this movie at least once because it is just so wonderful. By the middle of the 21st century, organ failure had become a worldwide epidemic. But Geneco was there to satisfy the demand for organ replacements. The problem is, if you miss a payment, Geneco sends out the repo man. And when he finds you, your time is up. Hi, I'm Dr. Phil Laporta, physicist, professor, magician, host of, co-host of the Whip Around podcast. So the, uh, the movie is Repo, the genetic opera, and it's a, a fantastic 
horror movie. I mean, it's a horror movie. It definitely falls in the horror genre. What's weird about it and what's unique about it is that it crosses over into the rock opera genre. And it's a wonderful thing. And uh, it was um, directed by a guy named Darren Lynn Bozeman, who also happened to direct Saw 2, 3, and 4. I am still among you. You gotta save yourself. My work will continue. Uh, I would say we're probably looking at his filmography, or probably the most... Uh, notable things for most people. Though he did also direct Terence Zadunich's other efforts such as The Devil's Carnival. And Terence Zadunich uh, is in Repo the Genetic Opera. He he was the uh, writer of it and he also plays Grave Robber who sort of functions as a narrator character in the movie. It's quick. It's clean. It's pure. It could change your life. Rest assured. It's the 21st century. Cure. And it's my job to steal and rob. So I was just told to sell it to a stranger to make them see it. And I'm just going to tell you, you just need to. Uh, and that's not a great sell, but you really should because it's, it, number one, it's unique. Number two, it, it is not to be confused with the movie Repo Men, which came out a couple years after, which uh, in, in listening to Terrence talk in panels, can't really complain too much about it. You know, they can, they can take the idea and the idea can't be copyrighted, so what? But the basic premise or the basic world building, if you will, to start with is it's a society where... Uh, human organs are failing because of various environmental factors and a company comes up with a way of growing new organs and giving people new organs. However, repossessions of those organs when people don't make their payments become legal. Which means organs can be literally ripped out of people's bodies whether they want them to or not if they're late on their payments. And the story focuses around one of these repo men who's played by Anthony Stewart Head, who's Giles from Buffy, uh, and, and is absolutely fantastic in this movie. Money, I need you now. Look what I've become. The nightmare that she should fear is the father you left just choose the scenery left and right. Follows his story, basically, and his daughter, played by Alexa Vega. And uh, it's a question of the person who is the head of Geneco, the company that makes these organs and has pushed for legislation allowing the repossessions, who's played by Paul Servino, of all people. But I got nowhere else to go, Paulie. You're all I've got, and I really, really need your help. I really do. Take this. Now I gotta turn my back. And their sort of intertwined fates and plots, and whether or not uh, the character played by Anthony Stewart Head is willing to go through with certain repossessions, and 
his relationship to his daughter and and who Paul Servino is going to leave the company to as he's dying, whether it's might be Alexa Vegas character or his three children, one of whom is played by Paris Hilton, and it's fantastic. Without spoiling the plot, her face falls off, and and we're all thinking it, and yeah, it's hysterical. Honestly, all the characters are well acted. The music is phenomenal. And if you're on the fence about whether or not these people can sing, Sarah Brightman is in it. Plays a character who is wonderfully tragic. And, and quite honestly, Sarah Brightman, I mean, you want to talk about fitting on sex and violence. Sarah Brightman was about 50 when she played this, and she was hot. Oh my goodness. Even my wife would give me a hall pass if I could get Sarah Brightman. She's like, mm, yeah, I get it, totally. Uh, Sarah Brightman is absolutely gorgeous, and if you don't know, Sarah Brightman was the person who Christine was written for in the original Phantom of the Opera. You got a legit opera singer singing an aria in this movie and, and the other things that she sings, and she's absolutely phenomenal doing it. Everybody else carries their parts well. And it's filled with wonderful blood and guts, and again, without giving away a plot point, Anthony Stewart Head cuts out a guy's uh, intestines in one scene and basically uses him as a marionette while he's singing. It's amazing. You totally need to see it, if just for that scene. It, it's the definition of chewing the scenery from the inside out. For me, this movie is one of those those movies I can point to in my life where I realized that, uh, you know, uh, it, it points to the development of me as a person as I am now. And there are certain movies where I realized that, oh, I, I can watch and I can appreciate X type of movie, or now I get this type of movie, now it means something more to me because I can relate to this character. For me, this movie was, hey, Phil's becoming a more complicated person. He's not mainstream. He's willing to admit that. He's got weird tastes, and that's okay. And for me, that means a whole lot. That means a whole lot. And also, it's something that my wife and I bonded over because we both enjoyed it. Not only did we both enjoy it, but we found out that Grave Robber, the writer of the thing, Terrence Zadunich, was uh, going to be at a convention that we we attended, the Wicked Winter Renaissance Festival, that we would go to every every winter, and he was going to be there signing autographs and 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 being on panels, and we went to see Terrence and. Um, I can say this, which is uh, Terrence, uh, we get to go and, and he autographed my copy of the movie, which was awesome. I also went to go get his comic books from him uh, because he was also selling his comic books. And uh, so I got the, got the first issues of his comic and, and I didn't have the money on me at the time to get the third issue. I was like, what a bummer. But Terrence sees the rubber bands on my wrist and he says to me, are you trying to kick a habit, man? And I was like, no, I'm, I'm actually a magician. 17 years of being a magician, and he's the only person to say the following. Hey man, I'm an artist too, and I hate when people say, hey, can you draw me something? So I don't want to say, oh, can you do magic for me? He's the only one who fucking gets it, and it was awesome. And I, I, I did magic for Terrence, and he 
smiled the whole way through and he had a great time and he laughed and he enjoyed it and he actually grabbed the two comics I had and the third comic and signed all of them and said, you are fucking awesome and he gave me all three. And I said, one last thing, can you take a picture with myself and my wife? She's a huge fan too. And my wife is standing next to me fangirling the whole time and he's ignoring her. It was hysterical. It was the only time I've been the center of attention standing next to my wife because she's normally the beautiful one. But my magic was beautiful and he was wonderful and magnanimous and also so cool and so humbled by the popularity. And, and to connect with another person who creates art and to see that offbeat be accepted and to know it's like it's gonna be okay to be offbeat, people are gonna dig your stuff even if you're not mainstream. To know that I could go that route in my life and be a little weird and still be accepted, this is that movie that pointed me towards that change in my life and it really gave me, this. I use it as a milestone. It's not the only thing, but definitely it was one of those things. And lastly, small point, it connects me back to my friends from roller derby. I mean, I retired from refereeing roller derby years ago. I couldn't give it the time it deserved to really be sharp as a ref, and I felt the girls deserved better. But I remember all my friends from that uh, that era of my life, like uh, all, the, all the guys who I could either say their fake names or their real names, but you know, I'll say their real names because I love them, Dwayne and Dale and Rhea and, 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 and the girls like Lexi and, 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 and Michelle and, 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 uh, and the other Michelle Torty and, and all of them are just the fun time and, and, and it connects me back to that when I watch this. I remember that and you know, of course my wife because we enjoy it together and we put it on this week before I did this interview and without missing a beat, the two of us are singing along. That's a special movie when that happens and it's a lot of fun. It's so much fun. You need to see it. Mighty fine print puts Mag in a mighty fine predicament. If Mag up and splits, her eyes are forfeit. And if Gene Cohen Roddy's so will it, then a repo man will come and she'll pay for that surgery. 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 Hey, it's Gabriel again. Wasn't that fun? So please, once again, listen to Phil's podcast at The Whip Around. It is an excellent show. They talk about all sorts of crazy stuff. And unlike Sex and Violence or Slow Readers, uh, Phil and Co. are actually, you know, like, experts on stuff. Whereas Ryan and I and Daniel are, you know, just kind of there. But in a good way, because, you know, we love you. In any case, listen to the Whip Around. You can find it on iTunes and Stitcher. Stitcher? You guys, get on that in any case. Listen to iTunes, the Whip Around. Whip Around is one word. Well, I got you. Please check out Slow Readers, the other show on the Top Gallant Radio Network. It is a show about books starring me and Daniel. Besides that, there's also the only Lovers Left in the Library podcast with my good friend Tashai Gonzalez Ortiz, who was in the last My Grody Valentine for Undergirls Discuss Terrible Erotica. So listen to both those shows if you can. We have some more coming up in the pipework for you guys. But please, um, send us some five-star reviews on iTunes. We need your reviews more than anything else. Please, please, please do so. You know, I'll suck your dick or something. In any case, thanks for listening. See you next time. Go to topgaltradio.com, by the way. Uncle Walker.